Good morning, friends. Today is Sunday, October 4th, 2020. It is the 18th Sunday after Pentecost. Our readings for this morning are Psalm 118, Hosea 13, 4 through 14, 1 Corinthians 2, 6 through 16, and the Gospel of Matthew 14, 1 through 12. As a reminder, these are not the same readings that you will have um, in your church service today. The daily office readings are different from the readings for the Holy Eucharist, but they are very complementary to each other. The daily office as intended for um, personal and lay worship, I guess would be the way that I would put it. is very much intended to be within the same rhythm of the liturgical calendar. And so I think that these things are very wonderful when we use them together. And that's why I do continue to say morning prayer, even though right now we've got morning prayer at church using the Eucharistic readings. Kind of keeps me in that rhythm, if you will. God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Creator, to set forth God's praise, to hear God's holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship God, Let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by God's infinite goodness and mercy. God of all mercy, we confess that we have sinned against you, opposing your will in our lives. We have denied your goodness in each other, in ourselves, and in the world you have created. We repent of the evil that enslaves us, the evil we have done, and the evil done on our behalf. Forgive, restore, and strengthen us through our Savior Jesus Christ, that we may abide in your love and serve only your will. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy One is in our midst. O come, let us worship. Come, let us sing to God. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise to God a shout with psalms. For you are a great God. You are great above all gods. In your hand are the caverns of the earth, and the heights of the hills are yours also. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us bow down and bend the knee, and kneel before God our Maker. For you are our God. And we are the people of your pasture and the sheep of your hand. Oh, that today we would hearken to your voice. The Holy One is in our midst. Oh, come, let us worship. Psalm 118, 
Oh, give thanks to God, for God is good. God's steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, God's steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, God's steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear God say, God's steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on God. God answered me and set me in a broad place. With God on my side, I do not fear. What can mortals do to me? God is on my side to help me. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in God than to put confidence in mortals. It is better to take refuge in God than to put confidence in rulers. All nations surrounded me. In the name of God, I cut them off. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. In the name of God, I cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They blazed like a fire of thorns. In the name of God, I cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but God helped me. God is my strength and my might. God has become my salvation. There are glad songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of God does valiantly. The right hand of God is exalted. The right hand of God does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live, and recount the deeds of God. God has punished me severely, but God did not give me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them, and give thanks to God. This is the gate of God, the righteous shall enter through it. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is God's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that God has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we beseech you, O God. O God, we beseech you. You give us success. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of God. We bless you from the house of God. God is our sovereign, and God has given us light. Bind the festal procession with branches, up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. You are my God, I will extol you. O give thanks to God, for God is good, and God's steadfast love endures forever. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from Hosea, chapter 13, verses 4 through 14. Yet I have been your sovereign God ever since the land of Egypt. You know no God but me, and besides me there is no Savior. It was I who fed you in the wilderness, in the land of drought. When I fed them, they were satisfied. They were satisfied, and their heart was proud. Therefore, they forgot me. So I will become like a lion to them. Like a leopard, I will lurk beside the way. I will fall upon them like a bear robbed of her cubs, and will tear open the covering of their heart. There I will devour them like a lion, as a wild animal would mangle them. I will destroy you, O Israel. Who can help you? 
Where now is your king that he may save you? Where in all your cities are your rulers of whom you said, Give me a king and rulers? I gave you a king in my anger, and I took him away in my wrath. Ephraim's iniquity is bound up. His sin is kept in store. The pangs of childbirth come for him, but he is an unwise son. For at the proper time he does not present himself at the mouth of the womb. Shall I ransom them from the power of Sheol? Shall I redeem them from death? O death, where are your plagues? O Sheol, where is your destruction? Compassion is hidden from my eyes. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle E, A Song of Jerusalem, Our Mother Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice, rejoice with her all you who mourn over her, that you may drink deeply with delight from her comforting breast. For thus says our God, I will extend peace to her like a river, the wealth of nations like an overflowing stream. You shall nurse and be carried on her arm, and you shall nestle in her lap. As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see, and your heart shall rejoice. You shall flourish like the grass of the fields. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 6 through 16. Yet among the mature we do speak wisdom, though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish. But we speak God's wisdom, secret and hidden, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the incarnate of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those those who love them. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we speak of these things in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's Spirit, for they are foolishness to them, and they are unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Those who are spiritual discern all things, and they themselves are subject to no one else's scrutiny. For who has known the mind of God is so to instruct God? But we have the mind of Christ." Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle K, a song of our adoption. Blessed are you, the God and creator of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For you have blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Before the world was made, you chose us to be yours in Christ, that we should be holy and blameless before you. You destined us for adoption as your children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of your will, to the praise of your glorious grace. 
that you have freely given us in the Beloved. In you we have redemption through the blood of Christ, the forgiveness of our sins according to the riches of your grace which you have lavished upon us. You have made known to us in all wisdom and insight the mystery of your will, according to your good pleasure which you set forth in Christ, is a plan for the fullness of time to gather together all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. At that time, Herod the ruler heard reports about Jesus, and he said to his servants, This is John the Baptist. He has been raised from the dead, and for this reason these powers are at work in him. For Herod had arrested John, bound him, and put him in prison on account of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, because John had been telling him, It is not lawful for you to have her. Though Herod wanted to put him to death, he feared the crowd, because they regarded him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday came, the daughter of Herodias danced before the company, and she pleased Herod so much that he promised on oath to grant her whatever she might ask. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me the head of John the Baptist here on a platter. The king was grieved, yet out of regard for his oaths and for the guests, he commanded it to be given. He sent and had John beheaded in the prison. The head was brought on a platter and given to the girl who brought it to her mother. His disciples came and took the body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. The Gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Jesus Christ. I have several thoughts on our readings today, my friends, um, so it might take me a minute. Bear with me. I want to talk first about the slippery slope as described by Hosea. And in my mind, it's summarized in this way. Satisfaction leads to pride, leads to forgetfulness, and makes us unprepared. The way it's described here is, is the people's hunger was satisfied. They were being fed, so they became to be prideful. It came to be prideful and say, oh, we don't, we don't need anything else. We're good here. And they forgot that it was God who had fed them, God who had sustained them, God who had been all things and is still all things to them. And then they were unready to be in relationship with God. They were, I, I love actually the metaphor um, in Hosea here where they say, The pangs of childbirth come for him, but he is an unwise son. For at the proper time, he does not present himself at the mouth of the womb. He's not ready to be born, or we might say not ready to be reborn, not ready to be transformed. And, you know, it, it's not a one-time thing. It's not like we miss the train to transformation and rebirth and it never comes again. But still, I would so much rather be ready when God is ready for me or when, when God has appointed the time for me. Wouldn't you? <laughs> and then... Hosea goes on to, to say that this makes God angry, and so God punishes. And this is ascribing to God human emotion, because ascribing to God human emotion helps us understand, right? If we had given all of what God has given us, which is impossible, I know, but, and it had been, 
accepted and then like not appreciated and people like acted like it was their own doing, we would probably get pretty angry and not bless them anymore, right? So it's easy if we personify God down to the level of our of our petty human emotions to see God doing that. But I think really what's happening is that we are suffering the natural natural consequences of our own actions. When we become prideful and no longer see God's blessing, it it is as though we are turned away from God. So we're not seeing all of the other things that God is doing. We are no longer in relationship with God as we would be with open eyes, open hearts, open ears, minds, etc., open souls to God. We become disconnected from the divine and, and we suffer for it. Uh, I think we can all empathize with a time that things have been going well. We've got what we need. And so we lapse in our earnest striving for God. And then suddenly we realize that it is the striving, the leaning towards the intentional reaching and opening ourselves to God that makes things good. And hopefully that causes us to repent in the true sense, which means to turn toward God again. And God is not petty like we are. God blesses us over and over and over again. There is no limit to the number of times that we can fall away and come back, that we can turn away and return. God always welcomes us. Thank goodness. Thank God, right? So moving on to our reading from Corinthians. I, lo- I love this one too. I, we have several of my favorite readings today, which is probably why I'm waxing on a little bit. But this is so helpful to me because there are times when in my following of God and God's way and my choosing to turn away from earthly motivations and to turn towards God, to prioritize God at the center of my life, that the world looks at me like I'm crazy to the extent that sometimes I wonder if I'm crazy myself. And so the message that I get from this excerpt of 1 Corinthians today is that God's wisdom is beyond mortal understanding. God's vision is greater than we can conceive. Yet those of us who are awakened to, tapped into the divine, get a glimpse. So we need not worry about mortal naysayers. We don't answer to them. And, and we, we shouldn't waste energy being upset with them either. We don't blame the blind for being blind. All will eventually awaken. Each in their own time and their own way. So we just... Stay connected to the divine within us that is in turn connected to the divine of God because they are the very same. And keep following, even when the world calls us crazy, even when we're told that we will be unsuccessful, even when it's hard and tempting to do otherwise. Amen. Now we come to our gospel reading. Firstly, I want to say here 
John was arrested in the first place, which led to his eventual beheading, for telling Herod a truth that Herod did not not want to hear. Speaking truth to power can be a dangerous and costly action. In this case, it ended up costing John the Baptist his life and costing all of us the legacy that John might have had on earth. I do believe that God redeemed and restored that, by the way. I feel that nothing is lost. Yet when we are called to speak truth to power, we must And this, my friends, is a time when we are called to speak truth to power. And this happens in small ways and in large ways. It happens when we are having a conversation with a friend or a small group and someone says something that the Holy Spirit just stands up straight within us and says, no, no, my friend, that is not truth. It is our job to lovingly and generously and compassionately Speak the truth of the Spirit back into that conversation. It is also, and more analogous to our Bible reading this morning, when we are called, and I think that's important too, because we are not all called all the time to stand up and speak. When we are called in God's time, we must answer that call. I had a moment in my life where I felt that I knew with the certainty of the spirit that I needed to stand up and speak out about an abuse that was happening in my workplace. Not just for me, but for the many other abused. And a person supposedly of faith in the ordained ministry said to me, are you sure that you want to do this? Because it could be very costly. It could cost you everything. And interestingly enough, what this person meant by everything was my career. And I said, are you warning me? Because I don't want to miss a warning. You know, Joseph had warnings in dreams. Pharaoh was warned by, also by dreams, but through Joseph. There, There are many examples of holy warnings. And I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing a holy warning here. And the answer that came indicated that this was not a holy warning. That this was more an earthly fear about what the powers that could, powers that be could do to me if I spoke up. And the powers that be tried to do some nasty things to me. I did not, um, I did not leave that situation completely unscathed, but I did leave that situation with my immortal soul intact. Herod, however, followed his idols pride, power, and fear. And yes, when we follow fear, fear becomes an idol for us. I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I believe that it is true. Instead of God, 
for that grief that Herod experiences, where it says in verse 9, the king was grieved. I believe that came from the Spirit. And so for Herod, the cost was even greater than it was for John. Herod wounded his own soul. So when it comes time for you to stand up and speak out, and in this time when we are struggling to turn over, to tear down the idols of patriarchy and racism and affluence and elitism and all of the others, those corrupt powers struggle back. And we would do well, and I believe it should be a comfort to remember that no matter what happens to us on this earth, when we follow the Spirit, even if we get it wrong, even if we make a mistake, even if we believe we're being called to speak out against injustice and it's really our own personal sense of injustice, even then, even when we make a wholehearted mistake, God is there. Our Immortal souls are not irrevocably irrevocably damaged. We can trust in God for that. And I know it's hard to discern sometimes through the fear and through what we call realism. Trust me, my beloveds, I know this. I have made poor decisions out of the fear that came as an attack on a very true motivation, the motivation of wanting to be a good mother and provide well for my son. As a single mother and a sole provider for my son, that's very important to me. And it is a good and true and holy thing. But the enemy used it to attack. And the fear and desperation that were born of the enemy's attack led me to make some poor decisions in my life. And I had to live through the effects of some poor decisions made counter to the spirit out of fear and perceived scarcity. And then also live through the pain of the backlash from earthly powers that be against decisions that I made that I believe to be in the spirit. I had to live through both those different kinds of things before I realized That God is good and caring for me and my immortal soul and my son's immortal soul are safe with God no matter what happens on this earth. And it doesn't mean that I'm not afraid anymore. It means that I have a little more experience in what these divergent paths look like. And what I find as I walk along them. So when the next one comes, it is just a little bit easier. There's just a little bit less thrash to make the hard decision. And I pray that God continues to sustain me because I am imperfect and I misperceive. My wisdom is not the wisdom of God. I don't have the sight or insight that God has, but I do have the spirit. And so I know that my job is to clear out my junk enough that the spirit can speak clearly to me. And so I pray for God's help in doing this.
to clear the conduit between myself and the divine, between the divine and me and God, and all of those things so that I can discern clearly, so that I can take action within God's will. And I want to say just one more thing about this reading. This terrible relationship between Herodias and her daughter, this is how abuse continues. This is how a rotten, sinful legacy is passed down. And I don't mean that we shouldn't have compassion on Herodias and her daughter. I imagine myself in that place, in a world where without a husband, you had nothing. In a world where very likely if Herodias had not been cared for, had not been married to and I hesitate to use the word love, but attached to, mutually attached to Herod, she would very likely have been a prostitute in the street. It is not unreasonable to imagine all of these things. And so I am sure that the decisions that she made were made out of a desire to protect her life and her daughter's life. We are back to making decisions out of that place of fear and perceived scarcity. But what she did was she passed on that sin. She passed on the idolatry of power and fear to her daughter. And so her daughter became responsible for the beheading of John the Baptist. How terrible is that? I know this is a hard thing to say and it might not be easy even to believe, but I would rather choose a place of financial insecurity than choose Choose to wound my child's immortal soul. And I can say this having been there. After my father died, the motivation of my family became quite different. My father passed when I was 12. Um, actually, probably even before then. Probably when he and my mom divorced. And my family has been very motivated um, by some of the idols that, that we're talking about. And that's how I came to be a young adult with these same discernment issues or deficits, as I call them. And just as when we talk about breaking the cycle of abuse in psychology, we talk about, you know, one generation needing to make a choice to be different and how hard it is, you know, but how necessary. That's what I think we have to do with the cycle of, of sin, we have to decide, and I'm not talking formulaically, I'm not talking like, <sighs> we have to decide to not do this, to live this way, to go to church every Sunday. I'm talking more about getting to a place of rooting our decisions in the love of God motivated by God and the calling of the spirit. That is a countercultural thing to do. And it is hard to break the legacy of 
misrooted discernment, I guess I would say, but I pray that we are all able to do it. I pray that each generation is a little bit healthier in this aspect. And I pray wholeheartedly that this shaking up of our culture right now shakes loose, tears up, uproots some of those just rotten, sinful legacies and structures. And I pray that we clear that away, that we clear it out, that we roto-rooter the conduits between ourselves and God, and that we go forward differently and clearly, and that we pass on a much better, holier, healthier legacy, lifestyle, discernment process to our children. All this I pray in the holy name of Jesus Christ, the one who became incarnate, to come and show us and save us. Amen. Let us affirm our faith together. We believe in God, the nurturer and teacher, from whom is named every family in heaven and on earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, begotten of divine love, who lives in our hearts through faith and fills us with that love. We believe in God, the Holy Spirit, She strengthens us with power from on high. We believe in one God, source of all being, love incarnate, spirit of truth. Amen. God be with you, and also with you. Let us pray. Our creator in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your dominion come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the sovereignty, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O God, and grant us your salvation. Clothe your ministers with righteousness. Let your people sing with joy. Give peace, O God, in all the world, for only in you can we live in safety. God, keep this nation under your care and guide us in the way of justice and truth. Let your way be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let not the needy, O God, be forgotten, nor the hope of the poor be taken away. Create in us clean hearts, O God, and sustain us with your Holy Spirit. A Collect for Sundays. O God, you make us glad with the weekly remembrance of the glorious resurrection of your begotten, our Savior. Give us this day such blessing through our worship of you that the week to come may be spent in your favor. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. The Collect for Proper 22, the Sunday closest to October 5th today. Almighty and everlasting God, you are always more ready to hear than we are to pray and to give more than we either desire or deserve. Pour upon us the abundance of your mercy, forgiving us those things of which our conscience is afraid and asking us those good things for which we are not worthy to ask except through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.
Let us use as the prayer for mission, the prayer of St. Francis, as we have been. This is found on page, sorry, I'm getting there. I, I splurged and got myself a new um, Book of Common Prayer. It's a much larger print version, and it has a hymnal in it, which even though I can't sing, I love. Um, so please forgive me. Page 833 of the Book of Common Prayer. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Let us now take a moment to lift up the names of those placed on our hearts for prayer, to hold them in the light, and then to pray general prayers and intercessions. I pray, God, that we may remain appreciative of you, that we may remain, that we may be aware of the amazing things that you do for us, that we may have eyes open to see your blessing, your love for us, and so have hearts that are expectantly ready for encounter with you. I pray, God, that you give us a glimpse of your vision, that your Holy Spirit grant us supernatural understanding and clarify discernment so that we may move forward in your will and way, God. Even when it is difficult, even when it calls for potential sacrifice, God, show us the way and give us the love, strength, support, and courage that we need to walk on it. Let us place your love, your divine way, above all else. Clear out any rooted idol or sin in our spirit, soul, body, heart, mind, or will, that we may be clear conduits receiving your love, discernment, grace, wisdom, and power, and gifting the same to others. May we share each other's burdens but not hold on to them, giving them to you, in a way that they become transformed into love. Let us just be pass-throughs, conduits of your love and grace, God, 
May we be so rooted in the wellspring of holy and eternal life that we are completely suffused and sustained and let us be eternally grateful for it. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, all this I pray. Amen. Let us pray together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, giver of all mercies, we, your co-creators, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for your immeasurable love and the redemption of the world by our Savior, Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout all ages. Amen. In the prayer of St. Chrysostom, Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time, with one accord, to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved incarnate that when two or three are gathered together in Christ's name, you will be in the midst of them. Fulfill now, O God, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless God. Thanks be to God. We live without fear. Our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.